And if you have um, your notes, we are going to continue on in, um, in Luke chapter 6. And I, I kind of didn't want to talk about this one, but then as I read it over and over, I'm like, oh, there's some good stuff in here. <laughs> and so, and I also like uh, continuity. When I was pastoring um, in Washington, oh gosh, that was 17, 18 years ago, uh, one year we went through the whole book of Acts. I was, I was in my early 30s, brand new pastor, and I was learning on the go. And so I just said, I might as well just, instead of trying to think of like, a series or, you know, be all creative and crafty with the messages. I'm like, why don't I just talk about God's word? And so we started with the book of Acts, probably after Easter. And I think it took two years to go through the book of Acts. But, you know, that that was our season. And that was what was informing us as a little congregation in Washington. And, and uh, so when Pastor Stewart started in Luke after Easter, um, or no, was it after Easter or was it after Christmas? I forget. Anyhow, I didn't see a need to step aside from what we're doing as a congregation. Let's just keep going for it. And now we get to talk about... Judging. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, I'll read the passage to you, and then we'll get into it. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they, both, will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Jesus, as we walk through your sayings this morning, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just inform us, lead us, and speak to us. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, as I was looking at this, I noticed in the first four sentences, 
it has a almost like a there's a structure to it like a Hebrew poetry structure and uh, not to get all highfalutin on you but it's called a chiastic structure which means there's like a crossing of um, of ideas and I was as I was looking at this I saw that there was judgment and if you look at it almost like on a graph there's judgment and then condemnation but then in response to condemnation there's forgiveness and then in response to judging there's giving and so it makes like this valley and and when Jesus is sharing this I don't think he was angry I don't think he was like don't judge I I felt like he was just gently instructing them you know and so as we go through this I hope that we have I hope we can hear Jesus voice you know as we even read in Psalm 100 you know that God is our shepherd we are his people you know, Jesus is looking at the people. This is his first public sermon. He's up there sharing publicly for the first time in an extended way. And he's just reaching out to them. He's wanting to pour out God's heart of love to them. And so when we're talking about not judging and not condemning, I don't think Jesus was judging or condemning them. He was like, let's choose a different way. Let's choose a better way and so that's that was the the feeling that I got from the Lord when I was looking at this but we'll 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 walk through it and um, why we judge why is it that we judge I'll just I'll let that that question, you don't have to respond. I'll just let that question hang. But why why do we judge? I think it is somewhat natural. We, just as a species, as the human race, we have built into us in a deep physiological way a survival instinct. There's what they call the the fight-flight-freeze response. And we have to be able to judge the situation. Um, And so... When Jesus is saying, do not judge, he's inviting us to put our lives in his hands. When we want to fight, we can say, no, Jesus, here's my life. Help me to find a way to 
tone down my anger and be responsive instead of reactive. Um, or we want to run away. But we, we can also say, Lord, you are my refuge anywhere I am. I don't have to run away. I can be safe in your arms. Or even freezing. I mean, I think we all have this, we all have those tendencies, fight, flight, freeze. But I think it's dom- one of those is dominant in all of us and everybody's different. Um, I identify with the freeze response. But so when I get stressed, sometimes I get paralyzed. And I'm like, okay, God, help me to move past the fear that's causing me to not do anything at all. And um, but back to, to judging, um, it's built into us to try and, and have a context on, on what is going on around us. And so, you know, yeah, we want safety, we want security, we want success, we want those things. And, um, and I think initially we, we judge because we're wanting to find that context. Where do I stand in relationship to this other person? Where do I stand in relationship to this situation? Where do I stand? Am I safe? Um, you know, am I, am I secure? Is my success hindered because of what's going on? These are all natural responses. And I don't think Jesus is saying, you know, don't be wise. Don't look at the situation. But I do think he's saying, when you see what's going on, how is your heart going to respond? Are we going to judge or and, and, and place people in different categories and good dog, bad dog, or whatever? Or are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to move us forward uh, in the ways of the Spirit because um, our God is a God of love and God wants to motivate us to be loving people. And um, so that was a little bit on why we judge. And last time I spoke, I said, I want to speak the words of Jesus. And even though we're in, um, in the Gospels, I asked the Lord, you know, what is it about judging? And is there somewhere, Jesus, that you said something about, about judging that's different from our passage? And so in Matthew 6, I'm just going to read this, 25 to 34, it says, Therefore I tell you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Behind judging is a lot of times worry. And uh, Jesus says, don't worry. God's got you. And now we'll move to the, the next point. What judging does to us. If we allow ourselves to judge, if we allow the worry to set in, if we allow our hearts to be focused on that situation, when we judge, it makes, like I I referenced earlier, like it makes us categorize people. It puts, other, puts people as the other, not as one of us. It makes people like, you're different from me and I don't like that. And um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, we are all different. None of us are really the same. But we are all created in God's image. And so it's that that um, can allow us to say, yes, I see this. And I may not even agree with what I am seeing, but it doesn't make you bad. And my heart should be open to loving you as God loves you, and allowing, if I don't agree, I don't agree. And even if I feel informed by God that I don't like this, it doesn't mean that I have to jump in and change you. Because I can't change you. The only person I can change is myself. But if I put somebody in the spot of the other then there's an impasse. Then relationship can't flow. Then love can't be there. Or even just respect can't be there. Um, 
let's see. I want to make sure I'm not jumping ahead on myself. Yeah. So judging and even condemnation. So this morning I'm mainly going to talk about judging, but it works itself. It's the same principle for condemning. And I'm just going to tie these two together real quick. When we allow judgment and condemnation to come into our heart, it contracts our vision. It makes us see things very small. And um, I titled the message, Learning to See a New Way. And when we can just get tunnel vision, and then as our vision contracts, our heart contracts. <laughs> kind of reminds me of, uh, of the Grinch. <laughs> it did, that literally just popped in my head right now, you know. His heart shrunk and shrunk. But when he saw the people of Smallville and saw them as not the enemy anymore, his heart grew. And thank you, Dr. Seuss. But um, anyhow. But back to our chiastic structure you know judging and then condemning we could all we go to forgiving and giving when we forgive i mean we we can condemn somebody and say you know we all have situations in our life where it it's probably not a good idea to interact with somebody you know it could be hurtful to interact with them and for safety and for even just peace of mind, we may need to keep some separation there, and that's healthy. But it doesn't mean that we can't forgive. Um, so we can choose to condemn or we can choose to forgive. And when we, when we forgive, um, I didn't come up with this definition of forgiveness um, Pastor Ron Pinkston, who used to be the district supervisor for the four score churches in Northern California, he visited here, oh gosh, maybe 10 years ago before he retired. And he, I don't know what passage he was speaking on, but he talked about forgiveness. And he said, When you forgive, you say, You don't owe me anything. And that has stuck in my mind at least for 10 years now, when I heard that, that was liberating to me. When you can say to somebody, yes, you hurt me, but you don't owe me anything. Because if I'm in your debt for something, even if I'm in your debt for you wanting to beg my forgiveness, if I'm in that debt to you, then I'm continuing to hurt myself. And I'm not allowing God's love to flow. I'm not allowing God's healing in my life. But when we can say, you don't owe me anything, it's releasing them so that you can get on with your life. You can you know, say, okay, Lord, 
let's, let's move forward. Uh, that person is in your hands. Whether that's ever reconciled or not, that's, that's not for me to do. Um, you don't owe me anything. And instead of having a, our vision contracted to the point where we say, you owe me. You say, you don't owe me anything. Now it's open. And you are allowing freedom to come into your life. And Jesus also says, give and it will be given to you. I, I'm just, I'm so pleased that you shared that, Santiago, about the ice cream. That just, <laughs> and even when Kendra said, you know, sacrifice versus loss, you know, it's the, it's, all I have is on, is everything that I have is on loan to me. Or all that I, all that I have is yours. It's, it's living life with open hands. It's living life with an open vision. It's like, what I have, how can this be a blessing to somebody else? Um, and we don't, we don't give to receive. We give to give. And then we allow God to bring into our lives whatever whatever the Lord wants, what, however the Lord wants to bless us. Um, you know, we, we give our tithe, 10%. Um, and sometimes it's a sacrifice. Sometimes you're like, man, I could really use that little extra. Or we can say, it's not mine to begin with. It's, you know, the Lord has blessed me with what I'm doing for a living. And I like what you shared, Dennis. You're reaching the end of your career and you're thinking about retirement and people are coming up beneath you, alongside you. And, and you can choose to say, this is mine. This is my career. This is my job. Or you can say, come alongside. It's all perspective. It's all how you see it. Is our heart open to share what we have? Or are we worried that if I give a little bit, even more will be taken? I mean, I'm... There are unscrupulous people out there that will, that will, you give an inch, they'll take a mile. And there's nothing you can do about that. And maybe that's where the sacrifice comes in. You know, I am, I am choosing to be generous. And, and you're choosing to be greedy, and I'm sorry about that. You know, it, it is what it is. You do your job. You bless the Lord with your faithfulness. And, and the rest is in God's hands. Luke 12, 32 and 34. Do not be afraid, little flock, 
For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I don't think I need to say much about that. <laughs> that was just, as I was praying last night, sitting at my little picnic table in my side yard, I'm like, Lord, what, what are you saying to us about about giving and receiving and forgiveness or judging and con- condemning? And it was just a little gentle nudge. Do not be afraid. But as you give, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And he's inviting us to say, I want my treasure to be the people of God. I want the treasure to be the people God puts around me. My heart for them, for them that they will know the Lord and that we can love one another as we love God. And lastly, Jesus' uh, response to judging. And like I said, you know, um, Jesus' heart was gentle when he was sharing this to the people. It felt like he was saying, comparison is natural. Blind spots are natural. Like when he was talking about the plank in your own eye versus the speck in your brother's eye. We all have blind spots. But it's when we, we choose to acknowledge that we have a blind spot that we can then learn, oh, plank out, oh, <laughs> Now I can see things a little more fuller, a little more clearly. And um, so Jesus doesn't, his response to us when we're, we're charging at a situation with a plank in our eye, he's like, not, you know, oh my gosh, would you just stop? He's like, hold on. Let's take a moment and acknowledge the situation that you're not seeing things clearly inviting us to allow the Holy Spirit to help us see things clearly. And even in this, uh, when it comes to forgiveness and giving, and even the third paragraph where you're talking about wanting to help somebody to, you know, take the speck out of their eye, that's compassion. And compassion is natural, too. We... um, we see it in the kids in the school, especially in the preschoolers and even the kindergartners. When somebody skins their knee, they're like, oh, oh, and they, they just, they, you know, they get sad because their friend is sad or they get happy because their friend is happy. It is natural. It is 
born into us to be compassionate. And, um, but as we grow, grow older, sometimes that compassion just, I don't know, do we get compassion fatigue <laughs> as elementary students as we get older? I mean, <laughs> I remember the, well, I don't remember the situation, but I remember hearing about compassion fatigue and it, it was some situation, uh, and I'm like, oh, so that's what's happening to my heart. It, it may have been like 9-11, or it may have been like a famine, or an earthquake, or whatever natural disaster du jour, and, and I, I got weary of it. And I'm like, and I didn't want to get weary of it, but I did. And, you know, it's, it's compassion is born into us, but it sometimes it needs to be reignited by the Holy Spirit, you know. And one other response to, to judging that I, I thought, the, you know, the Lord had shared with me is, is all, of, all of that I've been talking about, trying to see things from a different perspective, is self-awareness. Is being aware of how we're feeling, of how we're responding. And that is learned. That, and we often learn it the hard way. At least I've learned it the hard way. Um, it's not easy to take stock of ourselves, you know. Um, my mind just got flooded with all these different ways that something happened and made me mad. And then I had to say, okay, why am I mad? Do I need to be mad? What can I do that's not fueled by anger, but fueled by love for the other person and seeing a better outcome? You know, and I'll be 52 these, this year, and sometimes I respond to a situation like a five-year-old. And, you know, I have a neighbor. Maria knows. Sometimes little things upset him. And I'm like, okay, you're almost old enough to be my dad, and you're acting like a toddler. And I'm like, oh, please. And then I'm like, okay, do I get angry at him? Is my response going to match his? Or can, can I pray for him? And can I ask the Lord to change his heart? Because when somebody's in, in an, a not good place, either emotionally, physically, mentally. A lot of times our best efforts just fall on deaf ears because self-awareness is not in them. And that's okay for a moment until it's not, you know. And hopefully as, 
as the people of God, as our hearts are open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And, and even as Leonard had said during the sacred reading, opening our hearts to Jesus and allowing Jesus to be Lord, Jesus to come in and change our minds, change our hearts. You know, as God's people, I think self-awareness is just part of that saving process. Yes, we're, we're saved when we accept Jesus, but then we are continually saved every day as we allow the Holy Spirit to change us, to transform us into the image of Christ. And um, so Jesus' words about, about this. This is in Matthew 4. 12 through 17. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which is by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And to repent is just to change our mind. It's just we're walking in one direction and like, oops, I need to turn around. (laughs) And in this instance, Jesus is saying, you're going this way, but I'm over here. Let me show you the way of love. Let me show you how to not live narrow-minded, closed vision, very contracted in our spirit. But come to me, walk with me. Let me show you how to open your vision, how to open your heart, how to not be contracted inside, but to be expansive. And so... Jesus came and he brought light into the darkness. And he he can do that for us this morning. He can bring light into our darkness because he doesn't, he's not mad. Jesus isn't mad. God's not mad. God's like, we have a better way to do this. Why don't you come along? And so, I got a bunch more, but I think I'm done. (laughs) So that's my encouragement this morning is to simply, you know, 
in our day-to-day life, we, we, can make, we make choices all the time. And we can choose contraction. We can choose to hold a grievance. Or we can choose to forgive and give. We can allow the little sacrifices to come so that God's generosity can follow behind. And so that's my encouragement to us this morning. Let's love like we want to be loved. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. You make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, um, because we're small in number today, we, um, uh, we are being fed by the California Pizza Kitchen. And so um, Kendra slipped out to go grab the food. And um, we're going to, I think it's being put out there now. If you want to help, I'm sure she could use the help. But um, thank you for being here this morning. And uh, thank you, everyone who joined us online. I wish we could sit together and have pasta together, but um, I bless you on this Father's Day, and uh, have a great day, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, everyone.